on my heart, what the Lord's been dealing with in my heart. Um, and I, I realize I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. The people that come on Wednesday nights are kind of what I would say all in. You know, you're, you're here. It's not a Sunday morning thing. It's um, you're needing a refreshment. You're needing to hear the Lord. You're wanting to reconnect to the body. Um, you're here on purpose. It's not out of, uh, someone told, someone said to me this weekend, uh, I've got a drug problem. My parents drug me to church every day of my life. You know, I, I grew up that way. They didn't necessarily drag me, but I didn't have an option. I don't really feel like they drug me. I just knew I, if I didn't, I'd be in trouble. So yeah, they drug me. I had a drug problem. But I've really been, um, I, I really feel like the Lord is burdening my heart uh, to offer you what I have. I don't have anything else to offer you than what I have. And what's funny is I really don't have a lot. Uh, I was talking to another individual today that when he was first called into ministry, the first sermon he gave, he gave everything he had. And then he realized he had to preach that night. And he's like, uh, God, that was it. That was all I had. Um, but, you know, when, when the, the beggar came to uh, Peter and John, you know, saying, give, give me money, and they said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I'll freely give you. Get up and walk. Um, I just want to give you what, what I have and what the Lord's been saying to me. And, you know, I, I really, I'm really struggling, I'm, I'm struggling, um, wrestling with God over the Holy Spirit and over us, when we get saved, we get the Spirit of God, and and I can tell you that it, it's my feel, this is a feeling, I'm using our words, I feel that in general, the church has walked the aisle and given their heart to Jesus, asked Jesus to come into their heart. They may even be in the Word, they may even be serving in the church, might even go on a missions trip but has never experienced following the Spirit of God. Can, can anybody just go with me here for just a minute? You know, we do the church stuff. We're trying to follow the commandments. We're trying to obey. We're trying to do this stuff. But learning to be led by the Spirit. And we're so afraid of becoming fanatical or weird, or if anything in the spirit moves, then it's like, oh my gosh, I, if that's what following the spirit is, I don't want anything to do with that. And I get it. Um, I think that we've gotten hung up on both sides. I don't want to go on the spirit side because of this fanatical stuff. Or maybe I'm just comfortable going and, and going to church, but... There is a whole nother level um, to go to in life. Now, let me just give you a little bit of my, a piece of my testimony. I was saved at five. I don't remember not being saved. That's the kind of household I grew up in. I'm not like someone who knew what it was like to live a, a hellion life. Now, I was a hellion, but I was a saved hellion. Now, throw that into your theology. You know what? Chew it up. Give it to God. Spit it back out. Do whatever. I was saved at five. I don't remember not being saved. I remember my salvation experience, but I hardly remember anything before that. I don't remember much. I was spirit-filled at 17. 
those of you that are questionable about that, please come talk to me. It's something I've got that's just awesome. Being, being spirit-filled is awesome. I highly recommend it. And so does Jesus. That's why he left, so that his spirit could come and fill you. But I can tell you, I still just did the church thing. I, I was not, I did not know the spirit of God. How can you be spirit-filled and how can you be saved at five and not know the spirit of God? I don't know, but it was me. I was walking this earth trying to do right, really in my own power. Yes, I had the Lord in my heart, but I was not following the spirit of God. I was following the church. I was following a set of rules. I was following my parents. I was following what I thought was the Christian walk. And I can't tell you exactly how the light bulb went on in my spirit, but I believe that it started through a daily, being, being in the word daily. This is me. You may have a completely different story. Great. God can get you anywhere you are. And I started reading the one-year Bible out of anger, out of feeling like I was being forced to, and literally out of rebellion. It was the dumbest reason that I started reading the one-year Bible. Because somebody questioned me what my, reading, how my, what my Bible reading plan was, and I was a minister already at this point, and I didn't have one. And I'm like, bye, George. I'll read the Bible. I'm telling you, and, and that's, the, that's the G version. In my heart, I was mad. I was a rebellious child growing up. If my parents said, don't do it, first thing I'm going to do. Just tell me what you don't want me to do, and I'll just go ahead and go do that and get that out of the way because that will just make my whole being feel better. That's just how I was. I was a rebellious child. But I started reading the one-year Bible for all the wrong reasons, and it didn't happen overnight. But I kept reading, and I kept reading, and I kept reading. Then all of a sudden, I forgot why I was angry and why I, why I was reading, and it started to get in my heart. I didn't see it coming. It took years. It took years. It took time. When seeds get, goes in the ground, it takes time to come up. It is springtime. It is time to get seed in the ground. And what I want to tell you is, you know what? You've probably been coming to church. You're probably doing the God thing, and you're doing great. I'm not judging you. But there is a whole nother level to learn to hear and to follow the Spirit of God. It's not weird. It's not kooky. It puts you in, in a position to make decisions that will change your whole future. I can read the word. I can try to follow the, I can try to follow the instructions, the commandments. But when I begin to find out as I read to look and see, who are you, Jesus, in this? Spirit of God, who are you as I'm reading First Chronicles. First Chronicles is hard to read. It's really not. I really love it. As backward as that sounds, numbers. I'm in numbers right now. And I can receive because the Spirit of God shows me, shows me his heart. Sometimes I have to wake up to it and say, okay, wait a minute. I'm not even thinking about you, Holy Spirit, while I'm reading this. Let me stop and let me think. What are you saying right now? And the amazing thing is, he'll speak. So, Unfortunately, so many people are, are, are happy with where they are. 
But if you knew there was a whole nother, that God had another whole storehouse of knowledge and of wisdom and of blessing to go to, wouldn't you go to it? So I want to encourage you to start seeking out the Spirit of God. Seeking Him out by His Word. He, this, this is all you need is the Word and the Spirit. Then the body, will, the, all of a sudden the body will make sense. All of us quirky people that act like a bunch of lunatic freaks, we won't be freaks anymore. You'll start to understand, I see what they're saying. Yeah, I'm going through hell and my marriage is falling apart, but this lunatic thinks it can be recovered. Well, let me tell you, they don't know my, my man. They don't know my wife. Nothing's recovering that. Oh, yes, there is a way. But you've got to die to get there. Death is painful. But God can resurrect any dead thing. I don't care what kind of condition it is. I don't care if you're already divorced. God can resurrect a a divorced marriage. God can resurrect a disastrous um, job life. God can resurrect a child that has gotten astray. That was me. I was a child that was astray. I will tell you, I woke up in the middle of uh, Womack. Womack. Y'all know where Womack is over here just off of 4th Street? Drunk in the middle of the street. Passed out. I was saved and spirit-filled. And that's where I was, laid out in the middle of the street as a 20-something-year-old. Lost. Completely lost. God can resurrect you. But I want you to take it past religion, past church, and go after his spirit. We're after the stuff instead of the person. We're after the healing and the breakthrough. Go after the person. So many times we're worried about manifestations. Forget manifestations. Let me tell you, if you sit in my office with me for more than 10 minutes, I'll manifest. Paul will manifest. You'll see a mannerism, or I'll say something that'll be, wait a minute, I don't think I knew you. What did you just say? I don't have to work that up. It's in my heart. Whatever's in my heart is going to come out. Now, we may spend two minutes together walking in the door and say, hey, how's it going? Nice weather. Yeah, all right, way to go. And you didn't, you didn't get me. And that's what we do at church with the Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit, we're here, all right. Now, just stay over here, and I'm going to enjoy my song and enjoy the message and go home and back to my life. And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, that was so close. Yeah, you made it in the door. Good job. I'm not punching tickets as you walk in the church door, Holy Spirit would say. Not, you didn't get one up on me right there. I'm still here. I'm still here for you. While you're going through your week of hell, I'm here. Oh, I just can't wait to get back to church. It's going to feel so good. That felt good. Then we go. There is so much more. What I have to offer you is what happened to me. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. This is going to speak to somebody. But there's more. There's more. 
I would love to sit and talk to you about it. About how, how to just ask. Spirit of God, show me right here. I'm going to get in your word and I'm going to... Sp- you know how long my, my reading plan is every day? 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, you're a pastor. It should be 15 hours. Nope. 15 minutes. I hit the one-year Bible. And then I do, if, it's, if I'm doing sermon prep, then I certainly spend more time in those areas. But as, as just a man, 15 minutes. Now, I'm a little bit crazy and a little bit OCD because I'll read two days so I don't have to read on the weekends. Oh, pastor. I just take a break on the weekends. I give it hard through the week. Actually read one extra day because sometimes I don't read on vacation. Oh, did he just say that? He leaves God at home while he goes on vacation? No. Spirit of God's still with me. He goes with me on vacation. He walks with me, and he talks with me. All on love's way, he lives. I do know hymns, by the way. Is that a hymn? Is he lives a hymn? Sometimes I get confused. I start singing some that aren't hymns. I'm telling you, I'm the worst person with lyrics. 186 in ours, in yours. (laughs) We'll deliver you at the end of service over that one. Yeah, I'm kidding. There's more. There's more. There's more. There is more for you. And it is the most amazing, awesome thing. You may not know the Holy Spirit as comforter, and he, is, he has died for you to know that. He's given everything for you to know that. Jesus' spirit is the comforter. He's also the teacher. You're struggling with this whole church thing. You know what? All you need is the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, this ministry that we're doing this outreach that we're doing, this stuff inside, this fight club that the guys are doing will make sense. It'll start to make sense. These quirky people around you will start to make sense. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of Christ. It's not something to be afraid of. And I want you to know you have it. It's learning to listen to Him. It's learning to hear Him. And then following Following church is not following Christ. Do you hear me? Following church is not what a Christian is. A Christian is a Christ follower. Following his word, following his spirit. And then church makes sense. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you, is this Easter time? Invite people to church. Invite people. Ask someone to come. They'll come on Easter Sunday. And then when they don't show up the week after that, invite them again. Get relentless. Get after your people. The Spirit of God is here. We are trying so hard to love on families and to impact families. And I want you to know our worship, I think, is some of the best worship in town. We've got a good thing here, but we've got to let people know. All the Facebook posts and all the advertising we can do doesn't come to uh, 
an inkling of what your voice will be. Word of mouth always wins. Invite people. Amen? Amen. All right. Has everybody got one of these? I want to just go over this just for a second. We have been talking about boundaries. Listen, right here's a one-year Bible. We used to kind of have a bookstore. We really don't anymore. We don't have the space for it. But get it. you can get this for free online. Uh, not this one, but an online version. Um, all this is is just a daily. You read one psalm, one proverbs. You read proverb. You read uh, some, a, a section from the Old Testament and a section from the New Testament. Or formulate your own plan. But what I loved about this is it caused me to read through the entire Bible in one year. You may say I've never done that. Prior to 2001, I hadn't either. But I've read it every year ever since. I don't know how many years that is. 16? If you count the one. It's kind of confusing sometimes when you do the math. Have you ever figured that out? So uh, we do still have a few of these for sale. But get it at Amazon.com. Get it at your bookstore. Or don't. Uh, can't do it for you. It's your deal. But you need to be in the Word. How in the world, world can you be a Christ follower and not be in His Word? I don't believe you can. The Word of God says that if you love me, you'll obey me. Well, how in the world can you ever obey Him if you don't know Him? The only way to know Him is by His Word. It's by his spirit. This is how we get to know him. Amen? All right. I'm very passionate and very fired up, and I feel like I'm kind of talking to a bunch of lost an hour of sleep this last week, people. Amen. I know you are, Debbie. I'm not talking about you. All right, I want to just do a real quick recap of kind of the the main points of our whole message, and then I'd like us to break out into just small groups of five or six. But Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, uh, if everybody's got one of these, I'm just going to go right off the sheet. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If you remember, this was from week one. We did eight weeks of this. This word burdens means, you can see it on your sheet, excessive burdens or burdens that are so heavy that weigh us down. These things are like boulders. You were never created to try to carry these things. It says that we are to carry each other's. There is a time and a place for us to genuinely lock arms and dig in and help people. When someone gets an incredible bad report or disease or that sort of thing, we need to help. When someone's house is burned down, we need to help. When someone's family is becoming homeless, we need to help. When families aren't able to eat, we need to help. When children are being abused, we need to help. When wives are being beaten, we need to help. Okay, there are times that we are to help. But if you now go and look at uh, just a few scriptures on down, it says, but each one should carry their own load. If you remember, this word load means cargo or the burden of daily toil. This word describes the everyday things that we do. This gave a good, uh, I gave a good example. I felt like it was a good example between the two is one being a boulder, the other one being a knapsack or a backpack. 
I can carry my own backpack. You're not called to carry that backpack for me. Unfortunately, we get in situations where I try to get other people, staff members, other workers, my wife, my children to carry my knapsack. When I am the one called to carry that, the blessing's going to come through me carrying that, not someone else. And unfortunately, sometimes I try to carry the boulder and not let anybody help me, and I wind up going under. Can you follow that? Have you ever done one or the other? I'd say everyone has done all of it. You've, you've let go of your responsibility when you shouldn't have, and you've tried to carry things that you were never supposed to carry on your own. I was one of those, um, look at the bottom, I was one of those, I, was, I believe I, I have been a controller, I believe I've been a non-responsive, I believe I've been an avoidant. Um, I don't know necessarily that I'm, I would fall on the compliance side, but I probably have at some point. But I can tell you, in years past, I have had boulders come at me and me try to hold them up, and because of what I, the boundaries I'd set in my life, no one could get to me. People would try, but I had all the walls up to keep people from getting to me. And it took me down. And it took time for the Lord to break those walls down. And it took time for my heart to soften in a way that people could minister to me. 